now on Radio Italia Uno. It's time for Talking Real Estate. Talking Real Estate. With Ron and Karen Fiedler. An hour where we look at the real estate market in Adelaide and around the country. We talk about how to buy, sell, rent and invest in the property market. Talking Real Estate. Adelaide's only independent real estate show. Right now on Radio Italia Uno. 87.6 FM. To a new year and a new season of Talking Real Estate. It's great to be back at the studios of Radio Italia Uno Adelaide. Karen and I have been working over the Christmas New Year's break to bring you a new revamp Talking Real Estate. I am Ron Feely, your host, and joining me in the studio, as always, is our co-producer and co-host of Talking Real Estate, Karen Fiedler. Hello, Karen. Welcome back. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to all our listeners. I hope you all have had a great Christmas and a New Year's break and you're ready for a great show. Well, Karen, let's get into it and find out what's on today's show. On all new Talking Real Estate with Ron and Karen Fiedler today. We are going to bring you in real estate news. We'll find out why now is the time to sell South Australian property. We give you the latest auction numbers. And in the Italian Property Report, Idea Lister reports on how long did it take to sell a property in 2020 and are electricity and gas prices going to increase? The Italian property of the week is a splendid Piria villa overlooking Lake Como. In our weekly interview, Ron sat down with the Shadow Minister for Housing and Urban Development, Andrea Michaels, MP, Labor's member for Enfield, to talk about Labor's housing and development policies. And we are going to go over to Campbelltown for our open homes and upcoming auctions. And as always, I will bring you me bring you my open home of the week. And don't forget, if you wish to contact us during the show, you can on WhatsApp. The number is 0412-433-411. And now it's time to bring you Adelaide's only independent real estate radio show, Talking Real Estate with Ron and Karen Fiedler. All information provided on Talking Real Estate has been obtained from sources we believe to be accurate and correct at time of broadcasting. However, we cannot guarantee the information accuracy and we accept no liability for any errors or omissions. Interested parties should make their own inquiries and obtain their own legal advice. In real estate news this week, the advertiser's Jessica Brown is reporting why now is the time to sell South Australian property. Homeowners considering selling their Adelaide properties should put them on the market now, industry experts urge. Latest core logic figures reveal there are more than 2,700 fewer properties for sale across Adelaide compared to the same time last year. Real estate agents say the lack of properties for sale combined with strong demand have created the ideal selling conditions. According to the core logic figures, the number of properties listed for sale has dipped to 36 over the past year from 7,401 during the 28 days ending January 12th in 2020 to 4,679 during the same period ending January 10 this year. The number of new listings were also down but only slightly 9.3% from 761 to 690 during the same periods. In regional SA, there were 4,315 properties listed for sale in the month to January 10, compared to 6,761 at the same time last year. Owens Cassidy's Managing Director, Alex Owens, said early signs showed the strong market was set to record good growth this year. While waiting to see how much prices climb over the next 6 to 12 months, then selling might be beneficial. Mr Cassidy said prospective sellers might miss a good opportunity now. The anecdotal evidence is that there are multiple offers coming in on properties and agents that feel like the asking price on some properties was a little bit high. Those properties are being achieved, he said. Generally speaking, it feels like the vibe is really good out there. If you're looking to sell your property, why wouldn't you like to do it early in the year when it's all positive right now? Mr Owens said there were also plenty of interstate buyers out and about at the moment, further increasing the demand for property. 
We've never seen more interstate purchases buying in Adelaide or making offers, he said. McGain's real estate principal, Travis Stenham, said it was crazy how many inquiries his agency was getting on properties, many of which were attracting multiple offers. It's crazy how many inquiries there are, he said. I've been in the game 10 years and I've never seen it as good as it is now. If you want to sell, do it now because there is an undersupply and there are buyers galore. I think we'll have more vendors realise that and bring their properties to market in the next few months. Nationwide, CoreLogic Research Director Tim Lawless expects housing markets to recommence where they left off in 2020, where momentum was building in both activity and capital gains. The advertiser's Jessica Brown is also reporting that South Australian first home buyers' hotspots have been revealed. First home buyers are out in force and looking right across South Australia in a bid to secure their slice of the great Australian dream. New data from realestate.com.au reveals those hoping to get a foot on the property ladder are looking everywhere from Adelaide CBD to regional areas. Morford Vale, Parafil Gardens, Mount Barker, Happy Valley and Mount Gambier top the list of hotspots for first home buyers. Those interested in units were searching closer to the city with Adelaide, Woodville West, Prospect, Pimpton and Mawson Lakes, the most popular suburbs. The locations are ranked by the highest number of email inquiries from people who identified as first home buyers on realestate.com.au between January the 1st and November 30th last year. Industry experts said low interest rates and government incentives have created ideal conditions for people to buy their first property. The coronavirus pandemic had also made it easier to say because travel had been restricted. Ray White, South Australia Chief Executive Matt Liplon, said first home buyers were sport for choice in SA. There are many suburbs in Adelaide for first home buyers because it's affordable, Mr Liplon said. You can buy a really nice home with everything done that's a bit further out, or you can buy a home that needs a bit of work in the western suburbs, but it's a really good location. He said the ability to work remotely and a desire for more space in the wake of COVID-19 was leading more first home buyers to consider living further from the city. He said agents were also seeing incredible interest on the York Peninsula, Clare Valley, Mount Gambia and in the Riverland areas including Renmark, Berry, and Wakery. McGain Real Estate Sales Principal Zoe Ball said Adelaide's southern suburbs were also popular among first home buyers because they offer a range of affordable properties, many of which were close to the beach and other facilities without being too far from the city. We deal predominantly in the south and that's our largest demographic, she said. Across the board, there's been more first home buyers and I think that's due to a myriad of things. She said low interest rates and restricted travel have motivated people to save for a deposit, while improved transport infrastructure, including the Southern Expressway, had made the South more accessible. First home buyer Ben Valentine Profford recently purchased a unit in Morford Vale from Miss Ball after deciding it was time to get a foot on the property ladder in August. He said it was the perfect spot for him because it was a little bit closer to the city without having to travel far to see family in Seaford. It was the location mainly, it's that extra 15 to 20 minutes closer to the city he said. Harris real estate agent Tom Hector said there were also plenty of people looking specifically for land so they could build and take advantage of the home builder and first home buyers grants. Those grants coupled with low interest rates mean many people who may have had to save for another 12 months could buy now he said. The top 10 first home buyer hotspots for houses is Morford Vale, Parafield Gardens, Mount Barker, Happy Valley, Mount Gambia, Parallawi, Finden, Campbelltown, Ingle Farm and Mawson Lakes. And for units, it's Adelaide, Woodville West, Prospect, Plimpton, Mawson Lakes, Norwood, Camden Park, St Clair, Lights View and Carolta Park. And now you're up to date with this week's real estate news. Talking real estate, it's the weekly snapshot. It's time to get last week's auction numbers and real estate sales from right here in Adelaide and around the country. 
In this week's weekly snapshot, auction results should start coming in from CoreLogic as of next week. This week, we've seen 315 private treaty sales. In Adelaide, the top house that sold this week was a three-bed, two-bath, three-car property on 518 square metres of land that sold at the parade at Roslyn Park, and that sold for $720,000. And the top unit sale this week was a three-bed, one-bath, two-car unit in Smart Street, Sumden Park, that sold for $429,000. Now you're up to date with this week's Snapshot. Don't go anywhere because we'll be right back with more Talking Real Estate after this word from our sponsors with the Italian Property Report. Vuoi promuovere la tua attività? Vuoi aumentare il tuo volume di affari? Non sai a chi rivolgerti? Chiama Radio Italia 1. Il nostro staff commerciale è a disposizione per ogni informazione o preventivo personalizzato. Chiama all'82 123177. Radio Italia 1. E anche tu sarai un numero 1. And now on Radio Italia 1. It's time to find out what's been happening in the Italian property market. With Talking Real Estate's Italian Property Report. Welcome back to Talking Real Estate. This week, Idealista is reporting on how long it did it take to sell a property in Italy in 2020. So, how long did it take to sell a property in Italy in 2020? According to Technocasa, although the arrival of the pandemic had put the property market on hold, and it may not seem like the best time to sell or buy property, it does not seem to have particularly affected how long it takes to sell a house in Italy. The time it takes to sell a property is an indicator of the health of the housing market. Its analysts over the years has been a real illumination test of the property market. This study, which has been carried out by the Technocasa Studies Office in Italy since 2010, is limited to large cities. The result highlights a peak in 2012 when it took the longest amount of time to sell a property in Italy. Also, remember, remember as the worst year of the real estate market in Italy. The abundant supply of properties and banks more reluctant to provide credit finance, the time needed to close real estate negotiations to the maximum. However, since 2013, the number of days needed to sell a property has been steadily decreasing and houses in Italy have been spending less and less time on the market. Taking into consideration large cities, their suburbs and provincial capitals, the figures show that in large cities in Italy, the time needed to sell a property is 112 days compared to 122 days a year ago. In the provincial capitals, there is an average of 149 days, while this figure stands at an average of 154 days in the suburbs of the big cities. The later two realities rather surprisingly have not recorded significant changes. Among the large cities, the longest selling times in 2020 were Barre at 178 days and Veronia at 142 days. On the other hand, the fastest cities were Milan at 56 days and Bologna at 57 days. Immediately after the spring of 2020 lockdown in Italy, there were a rush to buy properties because people wanted a quick lifestyle change. Buyers seeking more space in outdoor areas, amongst other elements. Potential buyers in Italy were quicker and more diversive and driven by the desire to buy, while sellers were more willing to accept the counterparty's proposal due to the economic uncertainty caused by the pandemic mainly driven by the fear of a further lockdown. In addition, there were also holiday home sales during the period, influenced by a desire for a change of serenity. These transactions also took place fairly quickly and are often carried out with equal capital. Buyers whose income situation was not affected by the economic crisis induced by the pandemic and those for whom a better purchase could no longer be postponed were the quickest. As a result, those who needed to change their homes or who needed to find liquidity were also quicker. In a final point, the study also recognises that since September 2020, the residential housing network in Italy has been slowing down and properties have been spending more time on the market. 
Italia 1 876 Idealista is also reporting on electricity and gas prices in Italy in 2021. Electricity and gas prices will increase in Italy and here's what to expect in your household bills. Electricity and gas prices will increase in Italy in 2021. The first quarter of 2021 will see an increase in electricity and gas bills of 4.5% and 5.3% respectively. The increase is due to high wholesale commodity prices which have returned to the levels of a year ago. According to ARIRA, the Italian Regulator Authority for Energy, Networks and Environment, as far as the effects on consumers are concerned, the typical household will still benefit from an overall saving of about €146 a year. Going into greater detail on the subject of electricity and gas costs in Italy in 2021, ARIA has made it known that for electricity, the expectations for the typical family in the period between the 1st of April 2020 and the 31st of March 2021 will be about €488, with a variation of minus 10.2% compared to the 12 equivalent months of the previous year corresponding to a saving of about €55 a year. As gas, however, the expectation of the average household in Italy will be about €950, with a variation of minus 0.8.8% to the 12 equivalent months of the previous year, corresponding to a saving of about €91 a year. The president of Arira explained the changes in this quarter give us a dynamic stability in line with seasonal trends and with values of raw materials not dissimilar to those of last year. Overall, the price and volume anomalies linked to the COVID-19 health emergency have allowed households to save over the year with a residual benefit that will continue into the first quarter of 2021. The prospects for the recovery of the economy and the hopes that the health situation will evolve for the better mean that now more than ever we have to focus our attention on those interventions and investments that can contribute to improving the bills of Italians. And that is what's being reported in the Italian property market for this week. Italia 1 87 6. And now on Radio Italia Uno's Talking Real Estate, it's time for this week's Idealista Italian Property of the Week, which is a splendid period villa overlooking Lake Como. So let's have a look at what it has to offer. Lake Como is the third largest of the Italian lakes, but by no means less impressive than the others. This splendid period villa is the perfect place to enjoy what Lake Como and the surrounding areas has to offer, with exceptional views and a convenient position just a short drive from neighbouring Switzerland. This impressive property was built in the year 1766 and covers 800 square metres on a generous 3,000 square metre plot. The idyllic private grounds are home to rare old trees and a magnificent garden that surrounds the historic villa. Everything enriched further by the beautiful view of Lake Como. The ground floor of the villa has a large terrace overlooking Lake Como, a large entrance hall, a living room with fireplace, a dining room, a kitchen with a fireplace and a bathroom. The villa also comprises of a total of eight spacious bedrooms with large windows, each with unique lake and mountain views from surrounding angles. In 2021, this stunning property was completely renovated. The original stucco mouldings and ceilings were restored and the floors were returned to their former glory with handmade marble tiles, amongst other careful renovations. On top of this, the entrance hall and sitting rooms are decorated with handmade wallpaper, the stamps of which are protected by UDESCO and date back to the beginning of the 17th century. This wonderful property is an opportunity not just to own a beautiful home, but a chance to own a piece of Italian history, and is now for sale on Idealista for €5,600,000 or dollars. This is a beautiful property, and when this pandemic is over and we're able to travel, I love to stay at some of these places. Just to own a piece of Italian history would be so wonderful. 
If you would like to take a look at the Italian Property of the Week, you can go to our Facebook page, Talking Real Estate, after the show and see this fantastic property for yourself. We'll be right back after this break with our weekly guest, the Shadow Minister for Housing and Urban Development and the member for Enfield, Andrea Michaels, MP. Radio Italia 1. Sito internet www.italia1.com.au. Seguici anche sulla nostra pagina Facebook e Instagram. You're listening to Radio Italia Uno's Talking Real Estate with Ron and Karen Fiedler. Now let's get the inside information and introduce this week's guest. Welcome back to Talking Real Estate. We all need to live somewhere and to make sure we have enough housing available to rent, buy or public trust homes, it needs to be planned out, sometimes years or decades in advance. And there is also the infrastructure that goes with it to ensure we have the services that we need to live. And it's the responsibility of the government-elect to carry out that plan. But it's the opposition's responsibility to keep the government accountable for their actions and come up with alternative policy for the people. Today on the program, in the studios of Radio Italia Uno, we have the privilege of speaking with Shadow Minister for Housing and Urban Development, the member for Enfield, Andrea Michaels, who is going to talk to us about Labor's housing and urban development policies. Shadow Minister Michaels, thank you for being with us today and welcome to Talking Real Estate. Thanks, Ron. Thanks for having me. Miss Michaels, please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and the Shadow Ministries that you're responsible for. So um, I came into the parliament two years ago, so I'm a newbie to politics. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a lawyer by background and I've yep. run my own firm for six years now. Yes. Uh, and my portfolios that I took up in September last year was housing and urban development. I've got small business and family business, um, which is really important to the background that I've got with my family and uh, the work that I do. Yes. Uh, and I've also got consumer and business services, which is everything from residential tenancies through to liquor licensing and gambling. So what responsibilities are involved in being the Shadow Minister for Housing and Urban Development? Uh, At the moment we're actually going through a policy development process Mm -hmm. where we're putting together what we might take to the next election in March 2022 Um, and I actually quite enjoy the policy work and forward planning that you talked about in your introduction so that's quite interesting and of course holding the government to account with their promises um, where there's delays or things that we don't agree with. So tell me, as the Shadow Minister, do you get updates from the Minister or the Minister's office about what they're doing? For example, there's the land tax issue and there's also the redevelopment of public housing in Oaklands. Do they let you know what's happening? We actually read it in the media, just like everybody else. Really? Very often, yes. Yeah. Um, so just keeping an eye on what's in the newspapers um, what's on their websites that go out publicly. You think that they would want to, you know, let you guys know because you're, you're representing the people. The people need to know and the local member is where they get this information from a lot of times. Yeah, um, that's, uh, I guess, politics um, yep. <laughs> on the opposite side. So unfortunately that doesn't happen as much as it, I think it should be. So, Miss Michaels, South Australia is seen as a safe and affordable state to live in. And before COVID-19 hit, we had immigration from overseas. And now we have people wanting to move here from the eastern states of Australia. What is Labor's policy on ensuring that there is enough affordable housing for people already living in South Australia? Yeah, so we need to um, really focus on two areas, I think. Uh, Public housing. Mm -hmm and also the affordable housing. Um, so there's a wait list of some 17,000 people looking for public housing at 17, the moment. 17,000. Wow, that's incredible. Um, that's a really sad state of affairs. Yes. Um, we need to pump some money into increasing public housing stock. Yep. Affordable housing is really important because I think it can play a role in stopping people entering into homelessness. Yes. Um, I've got a lot, you know, a lot of people who are single mums who work um, but are in the private rental market the fastest growing level of homelessness is women over 55. Right. So we need to get affordable housing for women in their 20s and 30s, um, young people coming out of doing trades or coming out of university, get them into affordable housing. Um, So we stop 
put a break in that homelessness cycle. Yeah, I, I think that's important. Um, that's something that I don't think the government is addressing right now, and that is that homelessness, it, it comes in all matter. People think homelessness is on the street, but there's couch surfing, there's living with parents, there's living in garages and small granny flats at the back. Yeah. Um, I just don't see why we can't, well, the government can't have a policy where we can build something for temporary accommodation until they can get into yeah. um, uh, permanent accommodation. Yeah, I think uh, the housing policy area needs to be from homelessness right through to the affordable housing space, mm. uh, looking at private rental. South Australia is the least affordable private rental market in all of Australia. It's very tight at the moment, and, and I've been heard from a lot of real estate agents how the prices are going up. Yep. And and even when there's subsidies, like there are some government subsidies out there, it's still not enough for people to cover their basic costs. Yeah, there's Commonwealth Rental Assistance, which yep. helps, but the cost uh, is is going through the roof in South Australia. So we need to look at the whole picture yep. and do our policy development across the whole picture. And I've been working with Nat Cook, who's our Shadow Minister for House Human Services. Yes. Um, she does a lot more of the ha- uh, homelessness and support services uh, I come in on the renewal essay and the housing development side of it. Right. Uh, but we've been working really closely together because I think it is really important that we see the continuum uh, from the couch surfing, yep. living in cars, people that you don't see on the street, but they are there and they're homeless, um, to get them stable housing and to break the cycle with yes. affordable housing. Well, that's it. Like, you know, people say, oh, you, you know, especially unemployed people, go and get a job. Well, that's great to get a job. But if you don't have a house where you can go home and shower, where you can't, um, you know, have your items, have food where you can cook, yeah. how, you can, how can you keep a job? And, and that's what the government keeps saying federally, that people need to go out and work. But we need to get this housing situation sorted out, I think, you know. Yeah, it, it frustrates me. There has been a few federal ministers commenting on, you know, just get a job. Yeah. Uh, that does frustrate me. It's, you know, you've got people in domestic violence situations, mm. you've got drug addicts, you've got people that need social support services. Yep. They need a stable roof. Uh, they need the, the pride that they are entitled to a job. There is a yes. level of that that affects them. Um, mental health is a huge issue. Um, mental health through COVID as well. We have not even seen the start of the tsunami I guess of the mental health issues that will come through our society and we need to address that. Yeah we definitely need to address this this is going to come up and I think we're all involved whatever side of politics we need to make sure that we can get enough housing and the support services. Um, As the Shadow Minister you are Labor's spokesperson for urban development what infrastructures are we lacking in South Australia that the current state Marshall government is not addressing? We've seen some major projects that have just stalled. So we're almost three years into this Marshall Liberal government's term. Yes. Uh, we've seen nothing really on the North-South Corridor. Um, Women's and Children's Hospital hasn't even been properly funded in the budget forward estimates. Um, QEH redevelopment stalled. We've got a number of major projects which would be amazing job creation programs. Yep. Um, and would help us with the infrastructure we need going forward, but they've just they've stalled. Nothing's happening. So, if elected as the government, you would be the minister responsible. What would be your first priority? The North South Corridor, the Women's and Children's Hospital. Have you thought about what we really need to get going straight away if Labor was elected at the next election? Yeah. So the North South Corridor is important. Um, yep. The hospitals, the QEH redevelopment, the Women's and Children's Hospital. I think we need to do a lot on public transport to make yep. uh, to keep Adelaide being a livable city that it is. Yes. Um, we need to properly plan out our urban development so that we don't have the urban sprawl that we might see if we just keep growing out into the outer suburbia. Yeah. So that's something I'd like to to address. Um, Do you think more Crown land is needed to be released to ensure we keep up with the demand for housing in South Australia? Yeah, there is an opportunity to do that. Um, We do have some major uh, housing developments uh, announced that will uh, eventuate in the next few years. So we've got about 20,000 houses down at Concordia near Gawler. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's the Buckland Park uh, redevelopment, which is about 12,000 homes. There's a few others, sort of three to 5,000 homes around the place. Um, again, we need to, I think, have a holistic policy view that it's not just the houses, it's the public transport that yes. supports that. Uh, schools, hospitals, medical services, 
that are attached to these major developments, uh, traffic flow is always a problem if you get a big development that isn't properly managed. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I've seen this. I, I, I practice real estate in Sydney, and we saw where they would just pop up a suburb which was great, but there was just no infrastructure around it. Shops, hospitals, um, mental health services, uh, correctional services, police stations going in. These are, these are the sort of things that we really need when we're putting a new housing development together. Absolutely. So do you think that more, if more Crown land is to be released in the future or now, how do we ensure we have the right balance between um, the infrastructure we need but also the environmental impact? Uh, I think there's a key uh, requirement to have some decent open spaces in any redevelopment. Uh, I also think the public transport uh, is critical because if you're having 30 people on a bus versus 30 people getting in their car to go to work, yes. it makes a huge difference. Yep. One thing that surprised me uh, a couple of months ago, I saw a photo uh, looking over Adelaide and it was a photo 10 years ago with all the tree canopy and it's a photo now. Yeah. And it's substantially reduced. Is that and right? it actually, actually is a real issue that we need to focus on is the tree canopy. Yeah. Uh, calling houses is a lot easier. Uh, the environmental savings on that is significantly better. So um, this idea of knocking down trees, you know, subdividing inner city land for, you know, a large block that might go into two or three blocks um, yes. and just chopping down trees, it's a noticeable difference from 10 years ago when you look at a photo of Adelaide. Yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of the real estate agents listening to the program today would probably go, Ron, don't ask this question, but why do we get such a big block of land? Say, say it's, um, you know, 500, meters, uh, 500 square metres, which is not big, but even up to 1,000 square metres, and we're trying to pack on, you know, four or five uh, units or four or five townhouses. Um we just don't have any backyard anymore. We don't, and, and of course, when they do it, they do take the trees down. They do change the the environment completely. I know we got parks and all, but there's nothing better than going outside your back door and seeing a tree and yeah. seeing a bit of garden. Yeah, uh, I can understand from a property developer's point of view, it's uh, maximising profit. I can understand that, but I do think we need to focus on those issues: tree canopy, open space, to make it a livable livable city and livable development yep. and I think that can be done I think we just need to prioritize that um, whether it's local councils having an involvement in that in the streetscape that helps with that situation um, we are living differently yes um, so yes some of that feeds into the what people want on the market mm -hmm. uh, but I think we just need to balance that profit versus keeping Adelaide a livable city so Labor can work with the development and the councils to get this right? Yes, and I think we need to. I think our planning laws need to. Well, that's great. See, that's the thing a lot of, especially when I talk to developers, they're always, you know, against government. But, you know, at the end of the day, government can work together to get these issues done and these issues solved. Uh, it's not just a matter of uh, one party or one, one group trying to solve it. I think we need to do this as a combined group. Yeah, absolutely. I think we do need to work together um, with the property sector, uh, with the planners, with local council to get it right. Definitely. We are speaking with the State Member for Enfield and the Shadow Minister for Housing and Urban Development, Labor's Andrea Michaels. Miss Michaels, I know this is not part of your portfolio exactly, but um, we do have our most vulnerable people out there and they're residing in housing trust homes. Um, we need to ensure that there is enough uh, public housing available. What my listeners are telling me is there are much derelict houses out there. They're, they're, they're housing trust properties um, around the state that are just simply not being used. They're boarded up. They're, so how would Labor ensure that these properties become livable spaces once again so that we can shorten the waiting list that we talked about before uh, for people who need public housing? Yeah, we need to tackle that on two fronts. The maintenance backlog. Uh, there's mm. something like $70 million backlog on public trust housing maintenance. Um, Mould in bathrooms, yep. you know, hot water systems that are broken, uh, ovens that are broken. These are, you know, you need to make a house livable for people. Um, so we need to pump money into public uh, housing maintenance. Yep. We also need to redevelop some of those properties. We need to bring them up to speed, um, whether that's knock down and rebuild, bring them to a more appropriate standard, um, a significant number of uh, public housing tenants are actually uh, over 65. Yep. Um, we need to make housing that's livable for them. It doesn't need to be a three-bedroom uh, 
you know, 700 square metre block for them. Yes. Um, so we can target the housing that we develop to suit their needs, to make it livable for them. Yep. Um, it's still going to take money. It's simply going to take money to rebuild and to look at the maintenance. So well, you just touched on this with the maintenance. If the current government, the Marshall government, decided that we're going to get ahead a of this maintenance and get this sorted, there would be many more livable properties there for the Housing Trust. Yeah, uh, and to their credit, they did announce $25 million two years ago into public trust uh, maintenance. Yeah. Unfortunately, they've only spent $5 million in two years what they've allocated is but too slow. It's just not enough. We really need to get these issues. It, it's part of dignity, but it's also, you know, if people want to get out of that situation, they need a good place to live. Absolutely. They need that stability. So let's turn our attention to first home buyers. The state government is putting more money into the Home Start Finance Program. Now, this was created in 1989 by the then Labor government under Premier John Bannon. It was to help first home buyers. So what assistance will Labor provide to continue helping first home buyers enter the housing market? Uh, home Start offers some fantastic uh, products for people who can't otherwise get normal bank finance. Mm -hmm. um, I worry about our younger people. The biggest complaint is I'm never going to save a deposit for a house. Yep. Uh, one of the products Homestart offers is a low 3% deposit product. Um, we need to work on the products that Homestart uh, offers to make them as flexible as possible to get people into the housing market. Mm -hmm. Um, there's some innovative shared equity models that are used interstate and overseas that we can use Homestart to try and get people into some home ownership uh, at some point in time. Yep. Uh, so Homestart is a really important vehicle for the government to use to be able to get people financing to start into the property market. So if Labor's elected next election, this will stay? Absolutely. That's great to hear. Um, home values in Adelaide have rose by 5.9% over 2020, and this was a bigger rise than in Sydney, Melbourne or Perth. How can the people of South Australia trust Labor with their policies in place that will not hinder the housing values but will continue to grow? Look, Labor is essentially uh, the party of economic growth, essentially. <laughs> Um, our party is there for jobs growth uh, and economic growth and if we get those metrics right, uh, property values obviously will be sustained um, at a reasonable level. Um, we will be uh, obviously undertaking our policy development program in the next 12 months, obviously in the lead up to the election. Yep. Um, jobs is our focus. Uh, population growth needs to be a focus you know, long term in South Australia for us to get that um, get that right, get those metrics right for economic growth, um, and we'll be focusing on that. It can't be easy to try to balance, to keep those values that people want, but also keeping them affordable so people can enter the housing market. I mean, I wouldn't like to be in that position of trying to get that balance right. Yeah, um, it, it is obviously a tough call, but if you've got a sustainably growing economy, um, yep. you know, keep inflation under control, obviously, a lot of those levers... Uh, very often federal levers. Yeah. Um, but as long as we keep our economy growing at a sustainable rate, yes. our property values should stay uh, stay growing at that good rate. So what's on the card for regional South Australia? There are some towns that are desperate for new infrastructure, um, housing developments, and they need more people to enter these communities. We're always hearing about uh, towns that need people to pick fruit or we need... Uh, towns that have a big industry such as Mount Gambia with the, uh, the timber industry. But um, how will Labor help these communities? Uh, we think that more needs to be done. Uh, COVID affected tourism a lot. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, we've seen, you know, traffic jams down at Victor Harbour and all that, but local tourists aren't spending on tours and what the overseas tourists would spend. So we need to be able to support those businesses. Um, I say that as a shadow small business uh, minister. Yep. Um, we also need to spend some significant money improving public housing in, in some of those towns like Wyala. Um, there's some Indigenous communities that you know, you'd be horrified to know that they, they don't have readily accessible drinking water. Really? In South Australia. That's um, terrible. That terrible. is that does, In today's... Uh, in, you know, today's society, that just should not be accepted by Absolutely. anyone. Absolutely. So we need to invest money into the regions. We've uh, got a strong voice uh, for regional South Australia around our caucus. 
Uh, we've got Claire Scriven, who's out Mount Gambier, yep. um, who's very vocal on southeast issues. Uh, Eddie Hughes is uh, down at Giles, uh, covers the Wyala region. Mm. Uh, Leon Bignall covers uh, down south, down Fluria. So he's been very vocal on Kangaroo Island issues with the yes. fires, um, McLaren Vale issues. Um, so we do have a very strong regional voice on our Labor caucus. I think people keep, you know, they always think of the city, but it's the regions that keep this state going, I think. Yep. We need to focus on agriculture, our mining sector, um, to get those pumping. So if we have this infrastructure in place, this this uh, we, we look at infrastructure and we put the right things in place, the state will just continue to grow, won't it? Absolutely, yep. So, Shadow Minister Michaels, one last question. If Labor is elected at the next election, we can assure that policies will come out before that election that are going to make sure that South Australia continues to grow so that housing values, housing affordability and public housing will continue so the state can lead the country. Absolutely. We want to push South Australia up uh, in terms of growth levels compared to the other states. Uh, we don't want to lag behind uh, and we are focusing on a jobs creation policy, um, balancing all these issues that we're talking about leading up to the next election. Today we have had the privilege to bring you Labor's Shadow Minister for Housing and Urban Development, member for Enfield, Andrea Michaels. It's a good opposition that keeps the government accountable and ensures that the policy of the government are carried out according to the people's wishes. But it's also the opposition's responsibility to bring alternative policy to make the life of residents better. If you would like to find out more information, you can go to Labor's website, which is sa.alp.org.au. We'll also have this information on our Facebook page after the show. Just go to Talking Real Estate Adelaide. Shadow Minister Michaels, I know you are an extremely busy person and we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to our community. I hope our listeners really got a lot out of the interview and we hope we can catch up with you before the next election. Thank you for joining us today on Radio Italia Uno's Talking Real Estate. Thanks, Ron. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors with our open home and upcoming auctions, plus Karen's open home of the week. Radio Italia 1. Radio Italia 1. Scarica la nostra app aggiornata sul telefonino o tablet. Radio Italia 1. Sempre di più. Seguici anche sulla nostra pagina Facebook ed Instagram. You're listening to Ron and Karen Fiedler on Radio Italia Uno's Talking Real Estate. Now let's find out what's happening on the weekend with this week's auctions and open homes. Welcome back to Talking Real Estate. It's now time for our auctions and upcoming open homes. Karen has been researching during the week, so let's find out what she picked this week. Let's find out what Karen picked as the open home of the week. Hi everyone, you're back here with Karen's Open Home of the Week segment for 2021 on Talking Real Estate. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas and a Happy New Year. So the property that I have chosen for this week is 5D Reserve Road, Campbelltown. And this townhouse contains three bedrooms, two bathrooms and two car spaces. Now what I liked about the property is as you approach the property you noticed it has a neat and tidy look to it. It has an open plan lounge room, kitchen and dining room with lovely architectural design windows which the master bedroom has a spacious walk-in robe and also bedroom two and three have built-in robes. And to top it off, they have a lovely courtyard for entertaining or just to soak up the sun with a nice hot coffee. Now, I think this uh, place is suited to a professional working couple and the agency marketing the property is LJ Hooker at Mile End. And the price guide for this home is 495000 to 540000 And the home is open for inspection today at 10am to 10.30am. Also, Ron, we have eight properties that are open for inspection today in the Campbelltown area. Now, I'm going to bring you the most expensive property that is open today, which is 
24 Hart Street, Campbelltown. And this townhouse contains four bedrooms, three bathrooms and two car spaces. I love how they have the master bedroom, a divided walk-in robe and an ensuite. And our price guide for this home is 625000 Now, the agency marketing the property is Munro Property Group and the home is open for inspection between 2pm and 2.30pm. Now, also, Ron, I'm going to bring the most affordable property that is open today, which is 1-573 Lower North East Road, Campbelltown. So this townhouse contains two bedrooms, one bathroom and three car spaces on 84 square metres of land. Now I love how the home is nice and cosy for someone who would just like to downsize. Now the price guide for this home is 270,000 to 290,000. Now the agency marketing the property is real estate partners. So to inspect this property you can contact the agent Paul Arnold on 0433 677 696. So all the property information you have heard today can be found on our Facebook page at Talking Real Estate. So this is all I have on this week's Open Home segment. So stay tuned next Saturday to on Talking Real Estate where I will bring you a new suburb and inspections. Thanks for that, Karen. And now we're going to have a look at the rentals for Campbelltown. There are 15 properties that are available to rent in Campbelltown, with three of them being open today. The first one is 2B Tyrone Avenue at Campbelltown. Um, this is a three-bedroom, three-bathroom, three-car property. It's uh, renting for $480 per week with a bond asking price of $2,800. So this property is a Federation style home. It has two en-suites and two living areas. Um, bedrooms two and three have built-in roads while the master has an ensuite. It has a dual reverse cycle air conditioning. Um, it has drive-through 1.5 metre gar- uh, car garage and direct access to the home and a large system it's light and bright with neutral colours throughout. Now, sorry, there are no pets. Unfortunately, there are no pets um, allowed in this property. But if you want to have a look at this one, um, it's number 2B Tyrone Avenue, Campbelltown, and it is open today at 10.30am. The most affordable property this week in Campbelltown is 49 McShane Street, Campbelltown. This one's being marketed by Hardcourts Adelaide. Now, the asking price for this property is $370 per week with a bond rental bond of $2,220. It's a four-bedroom, one-bath, four-car property. Um, the home has an entrance that leads to the formal sitting room of the residence. This room further leads through to the kitchen and dining area and to the three good-sized bedrooms in the main part of the home. The well-maintained bathroom facility is centrally located. The To the rear of the home, there is a family living area and a fourth bedroom or room that can be used for many other uses. The room at the rear of the home has a view out over the gardens of the residence and there is also laundry facilities with direct access to the very um, large double carport area with ample room for other storage as well. It's a great opportunity, a great location, close to Linda Park, close to good shops of the inner northeast suburbs and surrounded by other quality properties. All water usage and supplied are the tenant's responsibility. Um, If you would like to inspect this property at 49 McShane Street, Campbelltown, you can today and it's open at 1pm. And the most expensive property open today is 4-26 Downer Avenue, Campbelltown, South Australia. And it's open by LA Property Brokers. It's a three-bedroom, two-bathroom, one-car house. Uh, asking price is $525 per week with a $3,150 rental bond. Good thing about this one is small pets are negotiable. Um, this Property features open plan living, stylish kitchen with modern appliances, double sink and generous pantry space. 
upper level family room, ground floor, powder room and toilet. Master bedroom offers walk-in robe and ensuite. Bedrooms two and three, both with built-in robes. It has a clever full bathroom to the upper level and has spacious laundry, a great location to local shops and recreation venues, schools, Campbelltown Shopping Centre and local public transport. Now, this one was open today at 10am, but I'm sure if you contact the agent at Adelaide Property Brokers, they're more than happy to show you through this property. Now, don't forget, if you are looking at purchasing real estate or want to sell, get in contact with us here at Radio Italia Uno, because if you're looking at buying, what we can do is have a look for some properties for you. And if you are selling, we're able to feature your home on Talking Real Estate. You can just get in contact here at the radio station on 82123177 and leave a message for Talking Real Estate, or you can go to our Facebook page which is Talking Real Estate Adelaide, and leave us a message. Well, can you believe it? That's the end of Talking Real Estate for this week. This is our first show back, and we can't wait to bring you many, many more shows. We have an opportunity for advertising right here on Radio Italia Uno's Talking Real Estate. If you would like to sponsor Radio Italia Uno's Talking Real Estate or advertise on the show, you can by just giving us a call here at uh, Radio Italia Uno and speaking to Marta on 82123177 or go to our Facebook page, Talking Real Estate Adelaide, and leave us a message and we'll get back to you. I would like to thank our special guest today. We had the member for Enfield, the Shadow Minister for Small and Family Business, the Shadow Minister for Consumer and Business Affairs, and the Shadow Minister for Housing and Regional Development, Andrea Michaels, MP. I really do hope you got a lot out of that interview. I would also like to thank our co-host and our co-producer, Karen Fiedler, for being here today and filming us on Facebook Live. Until next week, bye for now. You have been listening to Talking Real Estate on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Thanks to our sponsors. To listen to our show again, go to our podcast on our Facebook page or talkingrealestate.com.au. Join us every Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. for more Talking Real Estate on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM.